You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most visionary humans on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, brand builders, and people just like you who have a story to share or a vision that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. In this six-episode series, we are spotlighting some of the most visionary business owners from Bracebridge, Ontario. If you haven't heard of Bracebridge, it's a very charming small town, two hours north of Toronto, and it's filled with passionate, hardworking, and creative entrepreneurs. Today, I'm sitting down with Allison Holder, who is the founder of Floral Designs by Allison, which is a wild and adventurous floral business for weddings, events, and for every day. In this episode, Alice and I chat about how to know your worth as an entrepreneur and why it's so important. We talk about adopting a camaraderie over competition mindset, which I absolutely love that she's so passionate about it. We chat about finding balance as a seasonal business owner and why she's so passionate about ensuring that kindness and care are sprinkled throughout her business. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Allison Holder. And if you are going to snap a screen shot of yourself listening to the episode, be sure to tag Allison. You can find her on Instagram. She's at floral design by Allison, or you can visit her website, www.floraldesignsbyallison.com. And I'll link both of those in the show notes. And if you are planning on planning your next trip to Bracebridge, Ontario, maybe a little weekend getaway, head to www.visitthebridge.ca and you'll find all of the details there. Let's dive into this awesome episode with Allison Holder. Allison Holder, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. You are technically our first guest uh, that we're recording with for this season of our Bracebridge Entrepreneurs Spotlight. So I want to give you a really big welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks, Kelsey. I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. I love it. So let's kick off just with some fun rapid fire questions, because I'm sure everybody wants to get to know you a little bit better before we dive into your story. So first thing, could you tell us where you grew up and where you live now? Awesome. Yeah. So I actually grew up in Muskoka, born and raised here. Um, I used to live in a small community called Barkway outside of Gravenhurst, uh, which some people might know. Um, And yeah, then I moved away for school for a while. And now I'm back living in Bracebridge. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Uh, What is lighting you up right now? Like I know we're recording this on like month 14 of lockdown here (laughs) in Ontario. So I'd love to hear like what's bringing you joy these days. Right. It's, it's like we all really need to look for it right now, I think. Eh? It's, it's been a long go. Um, I'd say the biggest things right now is that um, I just moved into a newly built house with my partner, Wow, um, which is incredible. We are so lucky that we were able to do that amidst a pandemic. Um, and so what lights me up right now is just like piecing together our new life. Um, whether it's like unpacking a box we haven't looked at in two years or like finally getting to some landscaping, like doing my own gardening at my own house, which is just so weird to even say. So yeah, just like all those little things about establishing a life. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to explore when you get a home, I'm sure. Like finally everything is yours to take care of and you take this like special kind of pride in it, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Did you always know you wanted to start your own business? Not even a little bit. I didn't think I wanted to be an entrepreneur, honestly. Um, Interestingly enough, um, I grew up with 
parents who had their own business. They ran a plumbing business in Muskoka for over 20 years. Um, and I saw like how good and how hard it could be uh, for them. And I just really didn't think that it was the life for me. Um, but then after doing quite a bit of university, an undergrad and a master's and really struggling to um, find employment in my field, um, I kind of just fell into it uh, because I was pursuing a passion project that often is the way uh, turns into a much larger thing and a much more full-time thing. So uh, it was kind of like a happy accident, I would say. <laughs> That's so cool and, and very neat to see that you kind of stumbled into it because I know that a lot of our listeners, they did kind of follow the traditional schooling model of like doing college or university. Some of them may have gone on to have like get a master's degree and then they still couldn't really find a job that they loved. Exactly. And yeah. so a lot of them are at this crux in their life where it's like, oh, well, maybe I could start my own thing instead of, you know, staying in the field where there isn't a lot of work. So it's kind of fun that you stumbled on it. And you said that, you know, you had kind of watched your parents go through this. So you yeah. had an idea that it is possible, even though you said it was good and hard for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see like how much time you have to put into it in order to yeah. be successful. And like, you do have to make sacrifices and like, um, being a a seasonal business um, yeah. like Muskoka just generally is seasonal regardless I think of what industry you're working in pretty much everybody gets a lot busier during the summer months yeah. um, so you know you have to give up a lot of your time in like the most beautiful parts of the the year where the weather's great and you could be you know on a dock somewhere but you yep. really can't be <laughs> usually yep. um, so yeah you have to be prepared I think for for that sacrifice so Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm curious, my, yeah. what did you do your undergrad and master's in? Fair. Yeah. So my undergrad um, was at Dalhousie University in Halifax. Um, so I was out there for six years um, and I did the undergrad in um, a double major in international development studies and social anthropology. So like I fresh faced out of high school, like really wanted to get out of Muskoka and like experience something different. And I had very much like a, I'm going to take on the world and save the world and, you know, fix all the world's problems. <laughs> oh, so naive. So, like so altruistic, honestly. <laughs> Came from a good place. I, I, I appreciate young Allison's optimism, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically I had the idea that I would either like go on to like law school or work for a nonprofit, something along those lines. Um, and then I moved back and did a master's at Ryerson um, in immigration and settlement studies. So basically it's like social work for immigrants and refugees. Um, and so I did it right in the peak of the Syrian refugee crisis is when I was studying it at Ryerson. So it was super timely um, and really interesting, but um, it's such a niche um, that there just aren't a lot of jobs in the field and you usually have to be able to speak um like arabic or another language outside of just being like bilingual like with french so um it made it really difficult to to get a job so mm -hmm. yeah while i was doing the masters i was also kind of just starting to peruse flowers um and do some flowers for just friends and family yeah. um and then that's where things started kind of rolling yeah so looking back, like I always think like there's got to be some lessons learned in that time spent in your undergrad and master's that you now bring into being an entrepreneur. Do you see mm -hmm. any synergies? Like, do you feel like it was a total waste of time or can you look at that chapter of your life and go, yeah, I did learn some valuable skills that have set me up to become a good business owner? Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing is that I had to have time away from Muskoka in order to want to come back and settle here. Um, uh, like I needed that space in order to be able to appreciate like the magic of this place. Um, and with that space, I was able to to see things differently um, and and know that it is special and that it is a really nice place that's peaceful and there's lots of opportunity uh, and there's lots of great people. Um, and so just being able to see Muskoka with a different pair of glasses, like really yeah. 
like I would say going away really lent uh, itself to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also my specifically my my master's was super challenging and I had to write a thesis. So just like taking on a project like that um, yeah. and doing research and having to write an incredibly long paper, um, like a basically like a kind of like a novel. Um, yeah took like a, a kind of focus and determination. Uh, and it's like, it's a, it's a long, long-term project. Like you can't just like sit down and like frantically write an essay the night before it's due. Like <laughs> this is, it takes time. So um, being able to like go through that process and like the ups and downs of it mm-hmm. showed me that I have more strength uh, and more organizational skills and just like more determination than I probably thought I ever did. Um, so although I like don't really use the specifics of what I learned in my degrees, um, like applying them to everyday life, um, I still feel like what I got out of it was just like priceless. Um, and I wouldn't change them whatsoever. Um, I think, yeah. And I thankfully do also, have a, a second job outside of the business um, yep. because I, I do try and um, stay connected to what I studied. So uh, in some way, so I do work for the YWCA Muskoka cool. as well and do some youth programs part-time for them. So I still do get to do like a little bit of like social work, social programs, um, which makes it seem like mm. all that I studied wasn't like a complete waste, which is really nice too. I love that. And it it's so great to hear that like you are able to be multi-passionate and like, you know, help at the YWCA and also be a business owner. It's not that it needs to be a mutually exclusive, like start your business and stop everything else. It's like, no, if you have various passions, find ways to do them all in a week. That's kind of like the direction that our world is moving to, that there is less yeah. like full-time work. And a lot of people are working like two, maybe three jobs, mm-hmm. maybe one's mm-hmm. a side hustle and one's their full-time gig. And uh, it's just nice to hear that, you know, you have found some sort of balance and are utilizing your skills and also able to exercise your passion. So it's pretty oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Floral Designs by Allison? So who do you help and what do you offer? Fair. Yeah. So I founded it in 2017, um, officially. But um, so, uh, yeah, we're we're going into year four now of the business. Um, so um, basically, I, f- I began the business wanting to do solely large events and weddings that was going to be the main focus um and that's i'd say for like my first year and a half that really was what i was doing um and then covid happened and we had a (laughs) pandemic and (laughs) we all if if i know i know that nobody wants to hear the word pivot ever again or see (laughs) the meme of ross yelling in the hallway yelling about the couch pivoting but (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, I really did have to pivot (laughs) because they're just, you know, what what was going to be a very busy full season in 2020 for weddings, um, like just was decimated. And that's the case for pretty much everybody who works in the wedding and event industry. Um, Don't get me wrong. There still were small weddings and elopements and things, but Mm -hmm. um, it's just not, not the same as, as bigger, bigger stuff. So when it came to the pandemic starting, um, I had a bit of a shift in the business and I got much more into everyday arrangements and um, being able to, to offer those to people um, uh, as well as I really expanded uh, upon my dried flower selection um, because those are really popular right now and people are, are pretty into them. So. Um, I also created like a, an online store with dried flowers that people can buy. Um, and yeah, like if you had told me a year ago that this is where I would be right now, I would not have believed you because it's just like not really what I set out to be doing with the business. And yeah. I didn't really think everyday orders were my thing, um, but they have been kind of like the survival in the last year. So I guess if you're asking who I serve, um, <laughs> the range is huge. It can yeah. go from 
brides and grooms and, and couples all the way to like, I have uh, a 75 year old lady who gets a bouquet from me every two weeks because she loves having fresh flowers in the house. And like, it's something that she looks forward to. And like, so for the last year I've delivered her a bouquet every two weeks um, to her so house. Cute. So oh, like the, the range is, is huge. So um, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. you know, it, I think for all of us, like, the name of our business is change and evolution. And, you know, as we grow as entrepreneurs and as we start to understand our customers better and as the world continues to change, right? Our world is so complex Mm -hmm. and COVID is Mm -hmm. just one layer that we had to add on top of running a business. And it's like, oh yeah, this is never going to stop happening. So I love that you have this mindset of, okay, like this happened. What can I do instead of these really large weddings or really large gatherings? And you found a way to still offer your expertise, but in more like bite-sized ways, right? With the daily floral arrangements and with the dried flowers. And you said like you had to start your online shop. Did you start it because of COVID? Totally. Yeah. I never would have had an online shop otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like figured out how to do that and mm-hmm. built it into my my website. And yeah, it's yep. been a, a big learning curve. Um, yes. Yeah, I didn't really see myself getting into more of a retail um, setting. Like I still work from a home studio. I don't have yep. a storefront. Um, I just have a, a home studio in the, in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so online store is like the way to go. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it works pretty well for me. I'm, I'm pretty grateful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always think about how like storefronts are no longer necessary per se, because Mm -hmm. now we have these platforms like Instagram that act as a storefront or a website that acts as a storefront or even like email marketing. It's kind of like the store popping up in somebody's inbox. So it's, uh, it's nice that it is totally possible right now to run a business without investing in a brick and mortar space. And for you to be able to do it out of a home studio is quite the blessing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm super lucky. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. works really nicely for, um, my lifestyle. And I also, um, do my programs for the YWCA from home as well because they're all virtual. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah both a home office and a home studio, which is really cool. Yeah. So in business, um, I don't know if you ever wrote a formal business plan or not, but they always ask you like what your <laughs> unique selling proposition is, but you know, in easier terms, and I know our listeners are always curious, like how to set mm. their business apart. I'm curious what makes floral designs by Allison unique when you compare it to your competitors or to others in your industry, what makes you different? A quick word from our premier sponsor of the Visionary Life podcast, and that is Healthy Planet. If you are a health nut like me, you're going to love that you can save money on the brands you already purchased by ordering online from Healthy Planet. They love our visionary community and want to support all of us in living our best lives. So you can shop at Healthy Planet entirely online and products will be dropped at your doorstep within just a few days. It's so easy, so convenient, and that gives you no excuse to say it's really hard to eat healthy because it's not. So treat your body, your mind, and your business with the fuel it deserves from Healthy Planet. You can shop by department, dietary need, or even just check out the sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure you're stocked up on all your favorite health goods all of the time. Use code VISIONARY10 at checkout to save on your Healthy Planet order. That's VISIONARY10 at checkout. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I would say... Uh, it's, it's kind of like a two, uh, two points that I could use to answer that question. The first thing is that every single thing I make, and this probably sounds cheesy, um, but I truly put a piece of myself into everything that I make. Um, I'm not like, I'm the only person who, who works for the, the business. Um, mm-hmm. And I do the vast majority of all the work every once in a while I have like freelance help if I have a big event, but it's pretty much just me like running the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I never send something out the door that I personally wouldn't want to receive myself. Like if, if, if I don't feel comfortable with what's going out the door, if it doesn't reflect me and like my, my style and my vision and the quality that I, I stand behind, 
um, then I won't, I won't send it out. And I'm like super, super picky. So I'd say the, the biggest thing would be uh, giving a piece of myself with everything that, that I do. Um, and also just, I've always, always based the business in kindness. Um, I think that flowers are like a really important um, conveyor belt almost for sending out like love and emotion um, and condolences uh, and celebration. Um, And I don't take it lightly that people like ask me to commemorate things on their behalf. Like I I find it to be like such an honor, honestly. And I think that's kind of pulling from my social anthropology undergrad. Um, it's like, there's a really big human element to flowers that I, I think that not everybody really recognizes or puts the, the love into them. Um, mm. But it's, it, it really is a big honor. So I've always set out to, to be very kind and approachable and friendly and personable. Um, And from that, I create like really strong relationships with my different clients. Um, And um, I always give so much with whatever I'm making for them to to represent whatever it is that they need and ask me to do for them. So Mm -hmm. that has been like since day one, I've I've been that way. If that makes sense. That was a bit of a... (laughs) No, I mean... It makes total sense. Like I devote a lot of my spare time researching like how people build remarkable client services business. Like Mm. what are the secrets to having those long lasting relationships and getting referrals and having word Mm -hmm. of mouth work in your favor? And honestly, it always boils down to the relationship that you build with that client. It's exactly what you said. It's treating them with kindness rather than with power or force. It's, um, you know, like you said, the level of detail that you um, make sure goes out in every order. It's that care that you provide. And that is enough to run a successful business. A lot of the time people think, oh, I have to have these fancy marketing efforts and set up expensive Facebook ads, but they kind of ignore the customer all the while. And they, they don't even like think about the experience that they're providing or like what the unboxing is like, or what those Mm -hmm. email exchanges are like. And it's like, no, like you need to be a remarkable service provider first. And then the marketing kind of happens for you. Yes, there's more you can do, but um, Mm -hmm. I think like those are, those are the perfect unique differentiators for you because not everybody is doing them. It seems obvious, but it's not common sense for a lot of business owners. So I think that's absolutely awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I am. I've honestly never, ever ran an ad ever. Um, like I've never paid for, for marketing. Um, like I obviously pay to have a a website like that's, that's just like a a, a monthly hosting fee. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I um, have always, I built the business off word of mouth. Thankfully I had some people in my age range who were getting married when I first started out and they put their confidence in me um, pretty blindly, to be honest. to, to do their wedding flowers and then it all just went from there and it's always been referrals and, and word of mouth um, and I just find a lot of people on Instagram that's truly where I've built most of my my clientele and where most people have found me um, and just like usually just naturally so or through or through other people sharing what I'm up to so mm. yeah, it's been quite organic which is is really special Yeah, I think that's the kind of marketing strategy that we all want in place, right? It's mostly referrals and yes, using tools like your website and your Instagram to kind of fill the gaps and to maintain Mm -hmm. that consistent presence. So that's really cool. I'm curious, is there a skill set or a piece of advice that you know now, but you didn't know four years ago when you started your business? Um, Mm. Just, yeah, something (laughs) that you wish you knew then that you know now? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, and my parents had, had told me this too when, with me going into the business is um, uh, two things, actually. First one is is knowing your worth. Um, mm. e- even when I was starting out, um, just because you're new at something doesn't mean that your, your services aren't worth something. And that's really hard to wrap your head around. Um, 
And I definitely did quite a lot of things where I made little to no money during the, the, the beginnings of uh, the business, because you just really want to get your work out there. You want to show people what you can do. Um, you want to build some trust um, and, you know, establish uh, a portfolio is especially really important for something like a flower business. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but just because you're you're getting started in something doesn't mean that you shouldn't be compensated for your time and your materials and, you, and your efforts and your passion. Um, and, you know, um, the first little while was was hard because it really depletes you when you're like putting out a lot and you're not getting much back. Um, so I would I if I could redo things, I would probably um, just have a better sense of, of my worth from from the start. Um, and also, if you're not charging enough from from the beginning uh, for your services, then you kind of set a standard as to what your prices are going to be. Um, and those prices might not be realistic uh, for what things actually cost and how much time it takes you to, act, to actually do something. So if you're building a customer base um, and what you're charging isn't actually realistic for the longevity of your business, then you're going to run into problems. Um, and so I've had to, you know, do some reconfiguring of prices and, and figure out what works best for me. Um, and you sometimes have to have hard conversations with people who have been with you since day one and just kind of explain why things are going to cost the, what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess that kind of comes from, from me just like falling into um, specifically everyday orders. Um, it, it's everyday orders are like a whole other ball game from, from weddings. So that was a, a huge learning curve as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, knowing, knowing your worth would be, would be the biggest one for me. Yeah. It's such a, an important um, concept to think about because, you know, there's one way to set prices when you start your business, which is to just look at what everybody else is doing and then to think, well, maybe I should undercut and just be the cheapest, for example. Right. And like, yes. mm -hmm. if I'm the cheapest, then everybody will come to me. But when you mm -hmm. look at the value that you provide versus maybe some others in the industry, if you think that you add more value because of the relationship, because of the quality you provide, because of the whole experience from start to finish, um, then that's valued at more than the lowest price, right? So you really have to have that conversation of like, what do you feel this is worth based on your time, your energy, your expertise? Um, yeah. What is the true value of this product or service rather than just what's the price tag of, you know, exactly. just what everybody else is charging for it? And I think a lot of it, um, I don't know if you would agree with this, but it kind of boils down to mindset too. Like you have to believe in your product enough to put <laughs> yeah, that price tag. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes yeah, like, people don't believe in like, they're like, you know what, it, this is not worth more than 50 bucks. So I have to start with 50. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, um, it's really hard when you're first starting out to like, I'm putting air quotes around this, but like to sell yourself, like to, to know that something that you're doing and creating is yeah. something that other people would want to purchase. That's a really tricky concept to wrap your head around when you've never done that before. Um, yeah. and like you have to have a, a strong sense of self worth, um, and confidence in order for you to feel like you can, demand a certain price um, for, for what it is that, that you're making or, or selling. Um, and I honestly, I still struggle with that sometimes. Um, and if I'm not feeling particularly like creative or great about myself on a certain day, then it's really difficult sometimes for me to create something and, and say that and ask somebody else to, to pay for that. Um, so I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And mindset is huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why like one time I heard a quote that basically says like the more you grow as an individual, the more your business grows. Mm -hmm. And I think it boils down to that because like if I don't have self-worth self and if I don't have confidence, then I'm not going to be growing my business in the way that I could because I'm going to be charging shit prices. I'm not going to feel good yeah. about what I'm offering my clients. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I have to work on myself, work on my belief, my confidence, my mindset so that I can, you know, charge what I am worth and, and mm -hmm. really show up in my business the way I want to show up. So it's funny how it's really all interconnected. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I think, especially when you're an entrepreneur, your, 
your business is deeply integrated into your life. It's, it's not the same as being able to like go to a nine to five job, which I've done lots of, um, mm-hmm. and then coming home and, and shutting it off. Um, like the, the business is just kind of always around, um, always in your head. Uh, yeah. and like when you're going into being an entrepreneur, I think you have to be aware of the fact that in order to, to, be successful like you really have to to give a lot of your yourself into into what you're doing um it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have some boundaries um and be able to to disconnect when you need uh but it's it's just like deeply a part of you when when you are an entrepreneur and it's such a small business and it's like you're the face of it and you're the one talking to everybody and you're you're doing the deliveries whatever it might be like yes it's, it's so a part of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And being that you are your business, like they're so interconnected, you mentioned the word boundaries. So I'm curious, do you have <laughs> any boundaries or structures that help you to find balance as an entrepreneur? It's, it's really hard. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, I wish <laughs> I could like, I wish I could say that, yeah, I just like, <laughs> wake up at, at 7 30 every day and then I start working at nine and then I'm just blah, blah, blah. no not no. at all <laughs> no <way. laughs> and and like I know from from talking to a bunch of other entrepreneurs like specifically in the Muskoka area like it's just it's really hard to to grow and be successful if you're not dedicating a lot of time to your business um yeah. I definitely make the effort to shut down in the evenings and not look at my phone after a certain time and like have time with my wife and like be present and like hang out with our doggies and whatever it might be or like take a walk in the middle of the day for an hour and like leave the phone at home um yeah but I struggle with balance all of the time um and it's a conversation that my wife and I have often um and it's I think it's going to be like a, a journey throughout my time having having a small business is is being able to to find that. So um, I, I really don't have a, like a golden nugget of, no. <laughs> of advice to give anybody, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I mean, you're I'm, going through yeah. it, right? Like you're totally learning in the it. process. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, you know, for me, I'm still in it too. Like five years into business, I'm still trying to figure out how to have balance and to not let work consume me and let it wake me mm-hmm. up at 4.30 a.m. when I should just mm-hmm. be sleeping and, you know, enjoying some downtime. And I don't know that there is a magic formula except for going through it and kind of hitting yeah. those moments where you're like, oh, I don't want to be like this. And having those tough conversations with your partner, uh, them saying like, you are so disconnected, like come back home and, you know, take some time. And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's figuring it out in the process and kind of, um, yeah, it's tough. I don't have the best advice either because I do skew sometimes to workaholic, but then there are Mm -hmm. times when, you know, sometimes I am able to disconnect. I just haven't quite figured out the magic formula to keep that balance completely consistent every day of my life. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, you, you start to see growth and it's exciting. Um, yeah. it's, it's really invigorating and you want to like ride that wave and, mm-hmm. and stay and stay on the surfboard basically. Yeah. Um, and so there becomes like this anxiety, uh, and worry that if you don't keep on top of it and you don't stay as dedicated, then, you know, all of it could go away just as quickly as it, as it appeared. Um, and it's, it takes a lot of work, I think, to come to the realization that four or five years into a business, you've probably built a fairly decent clientele. People, you know, appreciate what it is that you're doing, um, and they will be understanding or, and supportive and continue to come back. Um, it doesn't mean that's always the case. Like there's always going to be people who like jump from, from, uh, provider to provider, uh, that's just kind of how, how it works. Um, totally. uh, but it being, being at peace with knowing that 
you can like, take a moment to, to step back sometimes. Um, some days I'm great at it um, and I won't look at the inbox and other days I'm just like frantically trying to, to stay yeah. on top of things. And yeah, you're laying in bed at night scrolling in your head through through the to-do list and the ability to get back to it. It's, it's tricky. Yeah, and bringing in like self-care and, and like looking after your own mental health is like a whole other layer um Mm -hmm. and it's 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 cyclical like you can't if you're selling yourself and your service but you're not like looking after yourself or your your mental health then it's as we were just talking about like it's just something's going to crash and burn so either you're going to um really take a beating personally in your body and your and your mind um or the business will suffer Mm -hmm. um and i i see a lot of different people who who go through that roller coaster when they're trying to to do entrepreneurship um i, I think it's a, a really common problem because if you wanted to you could work all the time if you really wanted to so. yeah i think it's such an important conversation because uh like for a while maybe two years ago i was just like totally overrun with work, completely Mm -hmm. imbalanced, but I felt like I wasn't talking to anyone about it. And because Mm -hmm. none of my friends were entrepreneurs and my husband is not either, I just felt like nobody gets me. And I had Mm -hmm. to find an outlet, like a place to have these conversations to feel less alone and to realize Mm -hmm. that this is a common struggle of people who start businesses. So um, my question to you out of that is like, do you have uh, like somewhere to turn when these things are plaguing you? Like, is it with your wife that you have these conversations? Do you have a group of business owners? Where do you talk about challenges like balance as a business owner? Have you been feeling a bit lost, confused on your next steps, curious about what it would be like to start an online business and work for yourself? Well, the Visionary Method is a seven-step framework and accountability system that will help you to start making money and stop procrastinating the life you're here to live. We've helped hundreds of people just like you to make their first 50000 in their online business by packaging up the skill sets that they already have inside of them. So visit KelseyRidal.com and click on the work with me tab. If you want to learn more, we would love to get on a call with you and see if the visionary method is the right fit for you. Again, KelseyRidal.com. Just click the work with me tab and learn more about the visionary method. Yeah, I'm lucky. There are quite a a few different people that I can talk to. Um, Yeah, my wife is definitely a huge sounding board for me. Before moving up here, she owned a very busy small business in Toronto. Mm. Um, So she has a lot of experience. um, And um, she can uh, can lend a lot of insight because she like literally lived it herself. And she can kind of, from the outsider perspective, see what I'm going through and know what I'm feeling and thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents are, are a huge help. Their, their business was significantly different from mine, but it was still a small business. The trades are, are, are a different ball game though. Um, so they, they definitely do um, lend insight though uh, when I need it. Um, and there is a really strong group of, of really capable, awesome women in Muskoka who run businesses. And we, we chat often, we work together on weddings often. Um, you know, I don't think that, without them, we would have been able to get through the, the pandemic um, and like ride the, ride this COVID wave uh, without like their, their support um, and, and understanding because it's been quite difficult for, for everybody. Um, and yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of supports, which I'm very, very grateful for. Um, and you have to like continue to exercise those supports and like reach out when you do need to talk or, or uh, get advice uh, because you feel so much better. Just like you said, when you don't feel alone in in what you're dealing with, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love hearing that you do kind of have like that community of women business owners in the Mm -hmm. Muskoka area. Um, And I know something that you're quite passionate about is kind of fostering that camaraderie over competition. Like it would be easy to look at these other female business owners and be like, well, I'm not going to share my secrets with them. And, you know, oh, that person is like slightly competitive with me. But like, you know, when does that mentality ever serve anyone? Right. So I'm curious, like, 
Can you tell us how you've adopted this kind of abundant mindset that it is more valuable to focus on community over competition? Because I don't think that comes naturally to everybody. I don't think it, yeah, it definitely doesn't come naturally. Um, I think part of it comes from probably my, my education um, mm. and like being like setting roots in uh, community creating change and um, being like together uh, is always more successful um, than, than trying to, to be competitive or work individually. So that's probably where that is rooted. Mm -hmm. um, I, overall, Bracebridge is, is a small town. It's a very small town. And there are okay. a lot, a lot of talented people here, um, whether it's other like female business owners or uh, other florists, uh, there are tons of them, like, especially I'd say probably just off the, the top of my head, there's six or seven florists just in Bracebridge who do wow. the same kinds of things that I do. Like, and that's a lot of competition for, for a small area. Um, and mm -hmm. that doesn't include other parts of Muskoka where there are other florists as well. Um, I just pride myself in knowing that I have good relationships with all of those people. Um, I make an effort to be friendly with uh, and get to know all of the other florists mm -hmm. in the area. Um, I, I'm, I'm open with them about um, like what flowers are like right now. Like, are you having quality issues? Like, are you having, are you dealing with shortages? Like, how are things going for you? Have things been busy? Like, I just, I just like to know how people are, are doing and, and create like a safe space for all of us to be able to, to lean on each other. Uh, because I don't, uh, unless you're like in the wedding and event industry, um, specifically as a florist, I don't think people know how difficult it can be sometimes um, because you're dealing with a product that is highly perishable yeah. um, is like very unpredictable. Um, you order one thing and get another um, <laughs> or you just don't get it at all. Um, <laughs> good times. Um, you know, yeah. Good times. Yeah. It's not like in a typical retailing where like you order something in and then you just get exactly that, that item and then you sell it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the prices like fluctuate like crazy, like from even from week to week, it's hard to predict what prices are going to be on flowers. Yeah. Um, so it can be like very stressful and, and volatile sometimes. So mm. I wouldn't ever want anybody to feel like they have to go that alone. Yeah. So I have close relationships uh, with a lot of different florists in the area. Um, and I, yeah, I started, I tried to create a sense of camaraderie because there is enough business for everybody. Um, there are tons and tons of weddings, especially when people can have normal weddings, then, you know, the, the amount of business is, is pretty crazy in Muskoka during the wedding season. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we just went through mother's day and I know that all of the florists in the area sold out. It was absolutely nuts. It was so busy. Uh, so, you know, being able to, to recommend other businesses when you're not able to do something and have confidence in your referral, for example, uh, knowing that I can be like, yeah, call my friend Jess from Hugo yeah. Bloom. She's fantastic. And like, she'll do a great job for you. I'm sorry, I can't help you this time. Like just, just those, those simple things um, make a big difference. And I think it's when, a, when there's like a coalition of small businesses that are all aware of what each other are doing, um, mm -hmm. and who support each other, it actually presents to the public as a much more united cohesive front where yep. it doesn't seem like a bunch of different businesses are all trying to do the same thing and compete against each other. And everybody can offer their unique niche thing that they do. Um, like I would say that I am one of the florists who use a lot of like dried elements, for example, in what I'm doing. And I'm the yep. one who has like a dried online store. Um, and there are other, there's other florists who, who do other specific things that are unique to them uh, that they're really, really good at. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, it's, it, it gets messy and difficult and creates animosity when, when you're not talking to each other and you're not supporting each other um, and you're just constantly trying to like keep, keep up. 
um, and and offer what the other person is offering or offering it and offering it for like five dollars less like you know when yeah. things like that just are just are yucky and it's, totally. it's really unnecessary and especially in a small town where referrals are everything um, and you run into people like I think it's really important to always just mm-hmm. be kind which is basically what I've rooted everything that I do and is just approaching things with with kindness and treating other people how how you would want to be treated basically. Yeah. And I, I think that the industry gets better as a whole when you yeah. are friends with your competition. Like I use competition with quotes because like, I, you know, yeah. I don't like to use that word either because it's like, you're not, you're my peer. You are, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a, a well, supporter of me, yeah. a colleague. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like you totally. said, there's enough to go around. You all have your unique thing that you do. And, mm-hmm. you know, rather than sitting back and just like watching from afar, like, what are they doing? Go say hi to them, be friends with them. And I know yeah. that's intimidating for a lot of people, but you know, your business will only get better because of it. So I would highly suggest, you know, befriend your industry peers because there's, you know, only good things that can come out of that. Yeah. And you waste a ton of energy if you sit on Instagram, for example, scrolling through and comparing your work to other people's work or like judging people for what they're doing. It's, it's just a complete waste of energy that you could be putting either into like doing some self-care or um, doing something more for your business. Like, it's just like, there's so many other ways to, to be using that energy and negativity doesn't really serve anybody. Um, and I truly believe in like what you put out into get back and throughout the process of owning a business, I've, I've really experienced that come full circle. Um, Mm -hmm. and whether it's like having wonderful clients or if it's being able to like call one of my florist friends um, when I'm in a pickle and I am sh- like was shorted something and I like really need this, this certain bloom or this certain color. It's like, can you help me out? Um, and just like being able to know that, that they'll be there um, and they'll support you um, just like create, create such a sense of ease. Um, and like, I, I can't, stress enough like how much nicer your life is if you're just if you're just (laughs) approaching things with with that kind of kind of mindset and and just being all about camaraderie um Mm -hmm. truly will will be will shift how you approach business i think honestly Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said it best when you said like, it just takes too much mental energy to be scrolling and comparing and to be judging. Like, you know, you don't have time for that. You have a business to run and, you know, you got to keep your mindset um, just like uh, in a positive way, like knowing that what you have is wonderfully different and what they have is also great. So yeah, I think it's an important conversation. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, my pleasure. So now I want to shift gears a little bit into some mm-hmm. Bracebridge-specific questions. So I'd love sure. to know, why do you love Bracebridge? What is so special about this little town that you've chosen <laughs> as home? Yeah, I love, well, Bracebridge is considered, like, it's called the heart of Muskoka. Um, and I really do uh, believe that. I think it's a, a fitting slogan. Yeah. Um, apart from it being just like the, the cutest little town, I think it's, it's truly adorable. Um, like there's a reason that Hallmark movies are, are filmed in Bracebridge. Um, <laughs> um, I think that there, there really is um, a sense of togetherness and in, in community in Bracebridge. Um, it's been trickier given that we haven't been able to do a lot of community events in the last year to 14 months. Um, I, I know that everybody's craving that. Um, but there, there is a, a kind of a vein of, of kindness and togetherness that, that runs through Bracebridge that I think really aligns with, with how I approach life and, and um, how I like to, to treat other people. So mm-hmm. um, it's also a place where I am lucky to like live with my, my wife and feel overall pretty like safe uh and happy with being like out as a member of the lgbtq community um like that's not the case for for all kinds of small towns in ontario where it wouldn't be as easy um Mm -hmm. but overall bracebridge is a very accepting and open place and yeah i feel very grateful that we can build a life here and 
and not worry about constantly being like judged or being unsafe. So mm -hmm. that is, is a, a really big contributing factor too. Um, like Muskoka Pride is based in, in Bracebridge and they put on awesome. like a really lovely pride celebration um, every year. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's neat that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's a lot of really cool, unique people who live here. There's like all walks of life um, and all different socioeconomic statuses and all different stories and places of origin. And I just find it to be a much more interesting place than, than people might give it credit for at surface value, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and whether it's like someone who comes here just seasonally at their cottage or there's been a lot of new people that have moved here from the city during COVID. So we have yeah. like a whole new population now, um, which has created like a whole different kind of diversity, um, which I really, really appreciate. Um, yeah, I think that Bracebridge is just like a really interesting little place. Um, and I, I love our downtown. I think it's, it's so cute. And we have a, a really lovely range of, of businesses um, and things to offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's if if you could like create a little like postcard of like a, a small town experience, I, I think that Bracebridge would would be a great depiction. Truly, yeah. <laughs> Did they pay you to say all of that? You really <laughs> sold us. <laughs> like I think we're all gonna move yeah. to Bracebridge now. <laughs> it has everything. <laughs> uh, there's there's water. There's good food. <laughs> Honestly, you did a really good job. I was like, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I like it all. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and so I'm, I'm someone who's now lived in Halifax and in Toronto. Um, and I, I uh, appreciate, appreciate, excuse me, the, the benefits of living in a city and like the different um, experiences mm -hmm. and opportunities and diversity that come with, with being in a city. But um, Bracebridge just continues to grow um, and you can access so many of the same things that you can in a city just on a, a smaller scale here, um, which is, is really lovely. Um, my wife prior to this had never lived um, in the Muskoka area. She like grew up in Brampton and then lived in Toronto. So like moving up here was a big change. No kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like just, uh, knowing that she was able to settle in here and, and find happiness and a community, um, I think speaks wonders and, and volumes to, to what Bracebridge can, can offer people. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm curious, besides befriending the competition as a business owner, mm. do you have any other advice for somebody who is growing a business in a small town? Like anything that you would offer uh, as a success tip, we'll call it. Yeah, I guess just the main thing is that I try and put a great deal of care into every interaction I have with everybody. Um, don't get me wrong, sometimes things don't go well, or, you know, you don't have a good interaction with somebody like that's just that just happens. That's life. Of course. Um, or somebody, yeah, or somebody might not be 100% happy with something that you do. Like, that's, that's just how it, how it works. But yeah. for the most part, um, I try to put a great deal of care into everything that I do um, and, and the customer experience um, uh, process because word of mouth is, is so big here um, and people talk and um, I get emails from people asking for things because they've seen my flowers at a friend's house or mm -hmm. they attended a wedding where I did the flowers, for example, um, or somebody recommended me. Um, and so I, I would say just like putting care and being conscious uh, of everything that, that you do and how it will have a ripple effect much more so probably than in, if you were starting a business in, in a city setting where I think it's easier to, to kind of hide or always find different clients uh, because there's just much more, a lot more people. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very different when you're, when you're trying to, to start a business in, in a small town setting. So. So true. My, my biggest piece. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Like thinking that, you know, the ripple effect happens, word travels fast, making sure mm -hmm. that to the best of your ability, that every interaction is, you know, something you put thought and time and energy into and making it yeah. as great as possible. And of course we all have bad days. We slip up, yeah, but it's yeah. in what you do in the 90% that really counts. So yeah, very good yeah. advice. And actually, 
Um, the other thing that just pops into my head is just, and I struggle with this, but you have to be kind to yourself. Like, yep. um, it's, it can be really hard sometimes running a business and mm-hmm. you can feel like the weight of the world on your shoulders over something might seem really simple as it, from an outside perspective. It's like, Oh, Alison, all you do is sell flowers. Like what's the big deal. But like, to me, it's like something so much bigger than that. Um, especially when you put so much of your sense of like self-worth and, and um, your, your care and love into what you're doing. So you just have to, to give yourself some grace, I would say is like learning grace is, is such a huge thing. Um, and knowing that sometimes you're going to make mistakes or things aren't going to go as you planned or a day you might set out with the best of intentions and, multiple things might end up going wrong and that's okay like you will you will get through it you will survive Mm -hmm. um but just like giving your your yourself the space to to mess up and and just learning from it but being okay with it I I would say would be a a big piece that I still work on and just not beating myself up over things is (laughs) sometimes really hard but necessary to, to learn yeah yeah, I love that word of just grace, like give yourself grace. Yeah. grace. It's simple and it's like something we need to be reminded of more often than not. So seriously, it's great. Yeah. Um, Allison, this has been so fun. Now I just want to ask, like, where can we connect with you? Where can we learn more about your work, mm. get in touch with you, uh, plug anything that would be relevant to our listener? Fair, yeah. Um, I would say... The place that I engage with the most um, is uh, my Instagram, which is Floral Design by Allison. Unfortunately, somebody took <laughs> Floral Designs with an S, and no. to this day, it grates me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just a little bit iffy. <laughs> have you messaged them to be like, "Can I have this handle from you"? <laughs> just give me the handle nothing nothing Darn. it's not even an active account oh i messaged instagram oh it's a thing um, <laughs> one day so, you will get it i am putting that I, intention I out so. it's gonna be yours soon thank you i appreciate that yep so floral design singular by allison a-l-l-i-s-o-n uh is my instagram um and then alternatively the website is www.floraldesigns with an s <laughs> so yes those, those are like my my main spots um Perfect. where i people engage with me um yeah right now um it seems like as we come out of lockdown and and get into our reopening plan the wedding season will be ramping back up in some capacity which is super yeah. exciting mm-hmm. um some things won't have to be postponed this year which is really lovely for a, all the clients who have been so patient um, and have had to reschedule their day multiple times. Um, and yeah, I do still offer um, everyday florals um, weekly, which you can like purchase through the website. Um, and then I've got all the dried stuff on there. Um, and yeah, I, I do a lot of, um, or try to do a lot of gardening and um, I try to grow some of my own stuff uh, cool. during the, the season. So like last night I just planted a huge dahlia garden um like in a a plot beside uh the house so i have like some some gardening content sometimes on the page and yeah it's not just a place where i like promote what i'm selling it's also usually like a i try to like make it like i'm talking to my friends and i'm showing what i'm up to and yeah more of like an experience so cool there's always something happening. Yeah. Awesome. I'll plug all of that in the show notes so that the listeners can just go click through and connect with you. So thank you so much for sitting down and sharing your story and just all of the wisdom you've accumulated in your four years of running your business and congrats on all the success so far. Like, you know, the, the, challenges of running a business sometimes feel like they're equal to the wins that we experience. So I totally, totally feel you, but I'm just really grateful that you were open and honest with us. And I loved this conversation and I'm sure the listeners have as well. So thank you so much, Allison. Well, thank you. And thank you for offering 
this for for listeners and for small businesses as an as an outlet. It's something that's really needed, and um, I love what you do. So you should be so proud of what you've created. So thank you. Thank you, and we'll chat again soon. Maybe next year we can do a catch up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method business coaching experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.